Hey, thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Neat Pour. This week, we're diving into our adventures to the Goose Island Bourbon County Stout Tasting Lineup Party. And also, we're diving into Knob Creek Delilah's Pick. So, sit back, grab your drinks, and relax, and we hope you enjoy the show. All right, we're live, baby. Hey, welcome back to the Neeport Podcast. Nick is here. And Shalon is here. We're here with episode 70, finally. Yeah, it feels good to be recording this show, Shalonda. Hey, listen, we got a jam-packed episode, man. Um, we have a Bourbon County preview event. We have a Sochu event. Um, we have a Knob Creek single barrel that we got from the Lilas. Yeah, so all that and more. And we're... Um, we're excited to be with you guys. Um, let's dive right in. How do we sound, Shalanda? We sound great. Yeah. Um, so we got a few bottles on the table, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the bottles is uh, Bourbon County Stout, brand barley wine, uh, aged in Old Fish Gerald Decanter series barrels for two years. Series barrels. Old. <laughs> I had them with the Freddy. Uh, old. Old. Old distillery. Old Fish Gerald. Distillery. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's uh, the return of Goose Island's uh, Bourbon County Stout. Uh, that'll be Black Friday uh, 2022. We're talking about beer for a second. Beer aged in bourbon barrels. That's why we're bringing it up. I um, love when these worlds meet together. It's really cool. Um, Chicago Beer Geeks and Afro Beer Chick were a few of the 16 attendees. Um, so those are our alter egos, and we come together to form the neat pour. But um, I got to tell you, you know, Goose is really dialed in on these boxes. These presentation, I think, you know, they're the oldest brewery in town and they have relationships with Kentucky breweries that are different than other folks. Mm-hmm. So they can they can they can basically make a beer with a fancy barrel and then make a box look just like the all the branding from the source bourbon. Right. So this shit is really cool. Um, you had this beer, Shalanda. Um, yes. So first of all, let me say. Shouts out and thank you to Todd Osmond, who's the president of Goose. Because, you know, after we were, after, you know, the event, we, you know, we post game and, you know, they broke open a bottle of the old Fitz 14. And this beauty was sitting on the table. And I was like, hey, if y'all don't want this bottle, I'll take it. So he was like, you go ahead and take it. So thank you, Todd, for that. That's why we have it on the show, if anybody is wondering. Yeah, I think um, my favorite moment was I got a few photos of Todd actually signing it for Sean. You know, um, so that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. So I just want to read a little bit about uh, John Fitzgerald. It's all on this on this bottle. There's there's a ton of words on this bottle, um, but I like the John, the John Fitzgerald paragraph. So I'm going to read that real quick. Um, the barrels in the bourbon. So John E. Fitzgerald was a bonded U.S. Treasury agent. Y'all, y'all already know this shit. Um, <laughs> who had access to rick houses where bourbon barrels were aged. So he used his keys and let himself into the rick houses. <laughs> and then he thieved the bourbon from the best barrels and took jugs for himself, thus committing a larceny. Uh, when it came time to dump the barrels, some were found to be unusually light and exceptionally smooth. These barrels became known as Fitzgerald barrels. So registered in 1884 and later sold to Patty Van Winkle, this historic old Fitzgerald brand carried on the legacy. So this um, this this U.S. federal agent was basically a bootlegger. Um, and then he he was doing it so much that, you know, he became infamous and they named this whiskey out of, after him. Old Fitz. Real quick, man. A lot of people don't know the Old Fitz Decanter series that we see was designed in 1950s by uh, Patrick Van Winkle. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that. Um, but now they do. So on the bar, 
we have the 13 year. That was our anniversary gift to ourselves a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, we overpaid for this big time. It was definitely secondary. Um, <laughs> since then, you know, that was the start of our journey. So we have the 13 year and then we have the 17 year. Right. And I think we might have tried 16. That was the red label when we were down in uh, at Heaven Hill. Yeah. Right. So to this week, we had to try the 14. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, my favorite one out of all of those, probably the 17. Oh, yes. Definitely the 17. The 17 is now, don't get me wrong, the 14 and the 16 were all great. But this 17 is a little bit more mellow compared to the others that I've had. It's definitely a sipper. I'm not going to say that word because I don't want to have to owe a bottle to the bar, but it's that word that starts with an S. Um, it's a just a tinge bit sweeter, you know, versus like um, the spicier of the 14. They oddly have big spice. You know, 14 was, 14 was like that. I think 13 was like that. Um, and it had undercurrents of, you know, what you're describing to be like these mellow notes. Right. Uh, the, you know, classic caramel vanilla. I'll say this about the 17, man. I enjoyed the fucking, um, you know, there's a nutty, there's like a nuttiness in, um, Evan Williams, uh, uh, the white label, Evan Williams, um, Ball and Bond. There's a nice nuttiness there. And I got a little bit of that in the Heaven Hill 17, along with all these extended aging notes that I love and whether it's Elijah Craig or, you know, some, some older aged whiskeys, you know. So that's right. I mean, I definitely agree with that. So if you want more details to that, I'm going to refer you to go back to episode 64 when we discuss the old Fit 17 um, more in detail. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, we just wanted to say cheers to those guys, man, because, you know, we don't have 14 on the bar. No, we don't. So that was a really cool experience. man. And if you are a beer, a beer drinker, this Bali wine that's coming out is the shit. This is like my favorite one of the whole lineup. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong. This is a, so- a very solid lineup this year. So, you know, you can definitely check out the stories on both Afro Beer Chick and Chicago Beer Geeks for more intel for the party and the breakdown of the beers. But if I was to say of all the lineup, this was my number one pick. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I think it, and it was most people's number one, except for my man Brad, who picked uh, Proprietors, which isn't, it was made up, modeled after a cocktail. Oh, but um, Bourbon County... OG, you know, it comes out in, uh, I think there's the OG and then there's six variants this year. The OG is a blend of, um, traditionally it was a blend of Heaven Hill, uh, Wild Turkey, um, and Buffalo Trace barrels. Mm-hmm. But this year they added, uh, Heaven Hill barrels to the mix. Yeah. I'm um, sorry. Um, not Heaven Hill. I already said Heaven Hill. Uh, Four Roses barrels to the mix. Yeah. So there's, there's a blend of four different distilleries. And the OG has kind of a um, like a like a really noticeable kind of cherry and almond vibe, and they're attributing that to the addition of uh, having uh, the addition of four roses into the blend. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was good to know. Um, and then also the OG is actually a whole different profile from the next one we tried, which was the thirtieth uh, anniversary reserve. Yes. So when Bourbon County first released, you know, thirty years or so ago. Um, it spent a hundred days in Jim Beam barrels. So to pay tribute to that, they put the 30 year reserve for a year in, uh, Jim Beam small batch collection barrels, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a perfect segue because we're drinking, um, probably the most popular of the Jim Beam small batch uh, here today, which is also part of 
this barrel, right? Well, the, I don't know which barrel. Oh, the thirty they years. Used. Yeah, the thirty year. They did use Knob Creek. Yeah. So in thirty year, they aged it, and uh, it's cool. It had a little, um, a nice hang tag on the mm. bottle. They used uh, what is it? Basil Hayden, which mm. nobody drinks. Booker's, Baker's, and Knob Creek. Exactly. Yeah. So we're drinking a Knob Creek single he barrel. He said Basil Hayden. Nobody. <laughs> when last time you had? When last time you was like, y'all take the Basil Hayden? Never. You know, it's funny. I think. Um, Neverwhere. I'm a big fan of, you know, I think Baker's is sneaky good. Oh, man, Baker's is the shit. You know, the original Baker's in that wine uh, bottle. You know, you know the other ones, this don't taste, Baker's don't taste like the other ones. Baker's kind of had a nice pronounced vanilla note, almost in the vein of vanilla cake. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I'm kind of blown away that no one talks about this. It was really good. Yeah. Um, the and, older version. I, I prefer the older version. The older version versus the new remixed industrial steel. Is the, it single there? Or did um, it I think they're all single brothers. Yeah. Still, this was 107, though. The yeah. one that came out is 107. Um, but I prefer that one in the lineup. I do not prefer Basil Hayden. Um, Knob Creek, the 100 proof, the one you see all the time, mm-hmm. is fine. It flies under the radar. I think the most underrated whiskey that we've been drinking since we've started this channel is these Knob Creek. Uh, cash strength single barrels, you know, kind of like the one we're drinking today. Facts, you know. Um, I asked Yolanda if we had one to compare it to on the show, the Delilah single barrel versus maybe like the Benny's one, and we don't have it. No, we have the Knob Creek Trout 12, you know, because we drank it all because it was fucking delicious. Um, yeah, so in true Delilah's fashion, man, um, we're, we're, we're sipping on this. It's called a kitchen table tribute, a single barrel bourbon. It's 10 years old. It's 120 proof. And, um, you know, Shalana and I did a, uh, we did a virtual tasting with the good folks at Delilah's. Mm-hmm. Cheers to Delilah's. They're 29 years old. Uh, on the virtual tasting, we had uh, the crew from Starward on, the Australian whiskey. And then I think what we did was um, everyone decided to take a vote. And of everyone in the audience, uh, whoever the vote, whoever won the vote, we could buy that single barrel Delilah's. Mm-hmm. And true to Delilah's form, they picked the weirdest fucking one <laughs> in the lineup, right? Um, I think those those uh, they call those Australian barrels the hardest working barrels in in the world because the temperature swing is so drastic down there. Yeah. So they all had these very similar kind of like uh, orange liqueur kind of cognac notes on them, mm-hmm. but there was this one that was big and smoky, you know, and that's the one they picked. And that's the same thing I'm getting here. <laughs> it's just kind of weird. I think they're really into those those big smoky tobacco notes, like leather, smoke, tobacco, and then all the caramels and cherries. I mean, I have a question though. How is it that we can say something tastes like leather, but we can't say something that's smooth? Who tastes leather to know what it tastes like? Oh, leather? Yeah. I think you're saying it tastes the way that leather smells, right? I mean, that's what people say. It tastes like leather. Like y'all run ahead chewing on leather to find out. You know, going back to the original um, Knot Creek 12 that we had back when we had the Bakers, uh, Shalanda picked up a black walnut note, and it tasted more like peanut brittle or toffee to me. So that was the Knot Creek 12 yeah. that we tried last time. Uh, this Knot Creek single reserve is doing none of those things. Mm-mm. You know, um, I think back then we also had um, Country Ham, which was our Booker's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Country Ham might be my favorite one of all the bookers. I mean, of all the, yeah, of all the bookers. Of all the bookers. Yeah. So we had that. So what we have, so we're talking about Jim Beam Small Batch. We're talking about Old Fish Joe, right? So that's what we've been drinking mm-hmm. these last few days. Knob mm-hmm. um, Creek Single Barrel, Old Fish 14. Um, whew. 
pause for a second. Um, which one of these was your favorite that you had this week? Was it the old Fitz 14 or is it this Knob Creek uh, single barrel from today? I'm going to go with the, Ooh. you know what? Surprisingly, I'm going to go with the Knob Creek because I'm, I, I'm lacking the smokiness on it. And you know, that's says a lot because you know, normally you're the one who likes all the smoke. And right. I normally don't. I usually try to stay away from it. But with this one, I'm actually quite enjoying. Yeah. It's that smoke. And then it has that spice. And then it, it hits you with that sweetness. So there are definitely layers with this one. And, you know, that's what makes bourbon fun, right? It's like um, the ones that can do the, have the most moves, but then still remain, still have some connection to what you know to be classic bourbon flavors. And that's exactly what this one is doing. You know, I'm looking at my notes on Knob Creek, man. Um, so whiskey can go into the cask at 160 proof, mm-hmm. right? Um, but Knob Creek goes into the cask at 130 proof, right? So it's important to note that, uh, oh, wait, I got that wrong. Knob uh, Creek goes in at 130 proof, but then um, the maximum barrel entry is 125. Mm-hmm. So, it sounds like they water it down and hit the 125. It comes off the still at 160. Mm-hmm. It comes off the still at 160. The max it can go into the barrel is 125. So, Knob Creek comes off the still at 130. Then they water it down to 125. Then it goes in the barrel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm looking. I'm like, no, this shit says bourbon. So, it definitely went in at 125. Um, I didn't know that part about the Knob Creek. Oh, and then um, I went to a Knob Creek installation at United Center a few years ago. It was like right outside the building there. And they had some cocktails out there. Tell me if you ever heard of these cocktails. Well, the smoked rye, old fashioned. We've all heard of that. Yeah. But they had uh, the Kentucky Luau. I've never heard of that one. And then a Rose on the Rye. I've never heard of that one. Yeah. Um, Knob Creek's not something that I would think to make a cocktail with, but that's what they were making cocktails with. Honestly, so let me say, I have, honestly, that's why the 12 is open because I have been making cocktails with it. Okay. Talk so. About it. I made a cocktail um, actually recently for our friend John Carruthers who have, you know, the Pizza Crest Fund. Oh, yeah. So he's doing a, another book. So I did a couple of cocktails for his book recently. Nice. And I did use um, one of those, did have the Knob Creek, and it makes some pretty damn good cocktails. Um, fantastic stuff. You know, Delilah's is one of these bars, you know, in Chicago. Uh, they call it a cavern tavern. You know, they, it's basically a dive bar. But it's probably got the one of the better whiskey selections in the in the country, you know. And I think it was the icons of whiskey, whiskey magazine, you know, uh, dis, not distillery, but bar of the year mm-hmm. in twenty twenty one. It's just a really special place. Um, and they're going out of their way to highlight. You know, you can go to uh, the store right now and see a Delilah's thirteen year Scotch for like seven hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but they're going out of their way for the twenty ninth anniversary to highlight. How sneaky good Knot Creek is, I think that says a lot about Knot Creek, you know, that we don't really talk about, specifically the, the single barrel cash drink version, you know? I had the 25th year anniversary at Twisted Spoke uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I was, I was actually quite shocked as to how good that one really was. Yeah, man. And then um, we made the trek up to Waukegan because the 28th anniversary was with um, the crew in Waukegan that we went to go see. You know, it's right next to a brewery. Up and on. Open on, open on spirits. Yeah. And um, it was like a, a rye and a bourbon. Mm-hmm. And um, 
the, the last cruise is picking up really good flavors from whoever they do bottles with. Yeah. So I think they deserve a lot of credit for that. So cheers to them. And um, that was part of the reason why I wanted to do the show. It's like we got this cool fucking single girl from Delilah's. Let's walk down memory lane with some of our now creek experience and, you know, just kind of talk about that shit. Right down you know? memory lane. Um, I did go to one more event, you know. I don't know where Shalanda was. Yeah. Sorry, Shalanda got tied up with a client. Yeah, out here playing, you know, but I'm here for the people. You know, uh, shout out to Benny's. If it's not at Benny's, it's not worth drinking. I was at the uh, the Hankaku. Let me go ahead and murder, murder the name of this fucking. Uh, you can't even talk. Look, don't can't even say the fucking name. Why are you talking about my ass? Go ahead and ruin the name of this uh, Shochu. You've already ruined it. Shochu is the, name, is the name of the spirit. And uh, Hankaku Spirits is the is the importer, Shalanda. So first of all, nailed it. Boom. So first off, shouts out to Jay. Thank you for the invitation. Sorry, I got hung up with a client. Yeah. Um, I tell you something, man. You know, this is on the second floor of Benny's in in this uh, in this tasting room, and I had never been up here. Um, it was very cool. Um, but seriously, why do we ever? We never talk about sake, right? I mean, we talk about sake. More than we talk about shochu, but we never talk about shochu. As little as we talk about sake, we at least all know what the fuck sake is, right? We never talk about shochu, mm. you know. And I think that was um, the thing that was really weird to me. Um, it's it's fermented with um, it's fermented with koji. So koji is what they ferment sake with, shochu with, even like um, some soy sauces are fermented with koji. Okay, right? so it's got it's a certain uh, flavor profile. But shochu is the national spirit of Japan. Um, it's been produced there for 500 years. It's the most widely sold, most widely produced, and most widely consumed spirit in Japan. Um, and it's the largest spirit in both volume and dollars. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're they're making a ton of fucking soju. And to to put it in perspective, um, well, they only export two percent of it. That's why we never hear of it. But mm-hmm. they're making more shochu in Japan than Mexico makes tequila. You know, so they're making, and they pretty much keep it over. And they pretty much drink it all. That's why that's why we never heard about it. Right. So um, like we don't want to share with y'all mouthfuls. Yeah. But but shochu is made with um you can either make it with a black koji, these are the you know, the, the fermentation process, a black koji or a um or a white koji, um, depending on what region you're in. And then they use sweet potatoes mm-hmm. as as one of the starches in there. And apparently these sweet potatoes um have a they can have a purple interior or a white flesh. And then the outside is is very different flavor from the inside. So the way you trim these sweet potatoes, it's not like the ones you think of when you think of American sweet potatoes. Mm-hmm. These sweet potatoes come in like 20 different colors, you know, and they're using that as the base in sochu. But you can use up to 50 legal ingredients to make shochu. Yeah. Oh, so they had this, they had a shochu exposition at fucking Benny's. That's where I'm going with all this. Yeah. And what which one was your favorite? You know, I brought I bought one and I'm hoping we try it on the show. Um, the one I bought was uh, the... Um, well, we already have the Mugi Hoka barley shochu. That's the most popular of the exports. Its primary grain is barley. Okay. You know? That one had like a milk chocolate kind of roasted barley co- cocoa thing going, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was fine. I don't think it was our favorite, mm-hmm. that one. Um, but I, I, that's not the one I bought. The one I bought was um, Matoko. Mm-hmm. So Matoko is the, was the longest aged one, right? And it had a minerality to it that was more like uh, mezcal. So it was it was the most complex one in the lineup. So basically, I did what Delilah's did. I picked the I picked the weirdest one, <laughs> right? 
this was a this one is a little more savory, um, and it, they use unglazed ceramic uh, pots to fucking uh, start the distilling process. Then they transfer it to stainless steel, and then they go back and forth. So it's kind of like um, dry mushroom or white pepper, and it almost has a finish. You know how like if you're uh, charred rice, like if you're cooking a pot of rice and some of it chars a little bit, you get those bits how it caramelizes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Kind of tastes like that, like just a very bizarre fucking beverage. No, mm-hmm. But it totally worked. And I thought, honestly, I thought you'd appreciate it because these other ones. So, for example, there was one called Colorful. Mm-hmm. And Colorful is the one that they described. It's four years old. It's made out of sweet potatoes. Colorful is the one that's kind of like, um, it's more like an allocated bourbon. Like it's made in one place. They don't make a lot of it. It sells out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the one I was supposed to get, you know. But to be honest with you, man, it didn't have, it had some very familiar flavors. You know, it's a four-year-old sweet potato black koji, and it kind of tastes like a distilled wine, mm-hmm. you know, which is fine. But, I mean, that wasn't rock and roll enough for me. I really wanted to, if I'm going to get one, I want to get the one that I'm going to remember, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. So I ended up getting that one. Oh, but yeah, there were five of them. We finished with the uh, Takamime whiskey that you have, the eight-year. Um, that'll be a future post on the, on the show. This dude was insane, this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, because he made his fortune um, outside of whiskey, but he was such a, a powerful Japanese-American that um, he, they tapped the family and asked if they could remake his his recipe. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man. So that was just, that was the show true event. Sad I missed it. It was fun. We can, uh, we can remake it. We can recreate it, and then we'll make something called the bamboo. Okay. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the cocktail that they... They say the guys, there's a crew in New York, and I started following them on our IG. There's a crew, a crew in New York, and they say, hey, make sure you bring that mushroom shochu when you come. And they make a cocktail called the bamboo. So, well, there you go. You know, cocktails are my thing. Yeah. So I think that'll, that'll be it. Um, we ran a post this week on that kind of recaps Shalanda's uh, current run uh, where she's doing. Um, she's a guest curator at Revolution Brewing in Logan Square in Chicago. And uh, she's making a ton of whiskeys over there. So I think we highlight making a ton of whiskeys, a uh, ton of whiskeys. I wish I was no you're ton not. of cocktails. Shalana ain't making no whiskey. Over <laughs> I there. wish I was. Making but, whiskey. you know, she's had like a, she's had at least four cocktails on the menu over yeah. there, which is actually pretty cool. Um, so if you go to our Web page, what you'll see is a story that breaks down a connection, how it all came together. And then we linked all the reels that they do when they're at the pub, you know, so when they're drinking fucking uh, Death by Cherries with fucking Haitian rum at one in the afternoon. You can see the results of that shit on the website. So, oh, you put that on there? Yeah. That was like a last minute experimental type thing. Yeah. So, but yeah, I've been talking a lot, Shalanda. I don't know. Um, how you feeling, man? We got anything else? I mean, I think we have given the people 22 minutes and counting of enough information. So that's about it. Yeah, man. If you see a Knob Creek single barrel, it's cash strength. It's probably 40, 50 bucks. It's worth the spend. All right. And if you see the Bourbon County um, Old Fitz two-year barley wine, grab that. So Yeah, don't don't overpay for it, though. Yeah. And where can they find you individually? Hey, man. I'm on Twitter, man, at Nicosio. And you can catch me at AfroBeerShake across all the social medias and collectively at the Nipar. So until next time, peace out, people.